Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Move Podcast, brought to you each and every day by Ketone IQ from HVMN. We'll get into that a little bit later. Talking about stage three. Alain, where we go? Stage three, Amore Bieta e Chano, two, Bayonne. Amore Bieta e Chano, two, Bayonne. Dude, I didn't realize they started somewhere in Asia. Did you hear the first, the first place? <clears throat> Thank goodness we have a line to do that. Unbelievable. Fantastic stage win by Jasper Philipson and a crash-free stage uh, finale, which we, 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 I think I know you were worried about, George. Yep. Um, you never know with these first uh, uh, sprint stages. An e- relatively easy stage. Yeah, for sure. Guys. Easy stage, crash-free. I mean, stressful, high stress still. Still, you saw 30, 40K to go. Four or five teams lined up with all of their leaders behind them. And as we know quite well, that's super high stress moments. At any, at any, at any point, a fan can jump in the road or it could be a huge crash. And I was sitting there on the edge of my seat watching because I was hoping it wasn't going to happen. And fortunately, it did not happen today. Before we get into all the action, today's show brought to you by Mont Cush. And just a heads up here, uh, later on in the show, towards the, the end of the show, uh, Sully, the founder of Montcush, is going to come on and and uh, answer some questions, and we've got some fun to have with him. Um, but but and and I want to talk about the the pain relief role, which uh, after our bike ride yesterday, George, I, I don't know, I know you were hurting, I was definitely hurting, uh, my low back was hurting, faux show. Um, so I, I, I was I was just lathered up uh, uh, in the cream. Yeah, I was hurting too. I knew, I knew that you were smelling blood on me since it was my second day at 8,000 feet, but it was a great ride. Here's the thing. They grow their own organic hemp in Vermont. By the way, again, I, I got to go check this place out. They use a custom 200-ton press to extract pure rosin. Nobody else does this, by the way. It takes a lot of hemp to make a little pure rosin. Customer reviews are amazing. It absorbs very quickly. And I bet you didn't know this, George. It's, they have this technology called SENS. Right, that self-emulsifying nano delivery system. Now we know what we're going to ask Sully about because <laughs> that was confusing. I know you swear by it, George. Uh, by the way, you can use it before training and after training. So if the back or neck or any part of your body's a little sore, lather it up before you head out. If you're in pain, get to Montcush. That's M-O-N-T-K-U-S-H dot com. Use the code the move. That gets you thirty percent off your entire order. Again, that's Montcush. Dot com and you use the code the move. Also today brought to you by Roca. Now Roca has invented a completely new glass of a class of eyewear. Right, uh, not just on, on the performance side, also on the casual side. I got look. I, I, I I'm I just couldn't help myself. I brought the titanium aviators today. I mean, look at these things. I told you all the airport story the other day. You're not even looking at me, George. That's okay. <laughs> oh wow! Now you those. see. Come on, I don't have those. Those. Uh, uh, I mean, this is uh, you. You just can't help yourself but walk through airports like this. <laughs> you know, even when it's at nighttime, you do that. Uh, they're totally optimized for performance, and also my, my readers, which also George has the same pair. For, we've had a lot of questions. These are the Lockharts. That's the particular frame. Um, unbelievably lightweight. You're gonna you're gonna forget you even have them on. They have the best optics on the market. No other sunglasses compare. They're crystal clear, fog resistant, and scratch resistant. Also, no matter how much you sweat, as I do, uh, they never slip. And not only are they working with cyclists, they're working with a bunch of other badasses like Navy SEALs, other gold medalists, Green Braves, world champions, and a bunch of other sports. And hand-built in my hometown of Austin, Texas, the Move listeners get 20% off. So if you, too, want to walk through the airport and embarrass your family, 
you head on over to Roka.com. That's R-O-K-A.com. Enter the code the move. That gets you 20% off. Let's go back to today. I, I looked up, you know, I love I love nerding out on um by the way, I I hope I'm not getting any grief for calling people nerds. It's crossed my mind. Nerd, it doesn't have the the connotation it did when we were growing. Well, up. we live in a. I don't, the nerds are rich and running the world now. I I know, but I, every day there's a new thing you can't say. I feel like we should all just like the world should get an email blast. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people giving you a lot of grief, but I haven't heard them say anything about you calling people nerds yet. I know, but when I there are times I say <laughs> I it, have a list. I, it, we got a big list. It's a global email that goes out. Yet. This is the you you are no longer allowed to say this. Like pregnant woman, you cannot say anymore. I didn't know if nerd got put on that list when it does. Anyways, um, <laughs> I like to nerd out on Strava, right? It's my thing, right? Some some guys watch. Anyways, I watch, I, I look at Strava. <laughs> it was a boring day. Fuck it. We got to have some fun here. Um, so uh, what, what did you find so um, no, interesting on the Strava files today? Here, so, so day one was 11,000 feet of climbing. We talked a lot about that. Day two was 9,000 feet. Obviously, I'm a nerd. That's twenty thousand feet in two days. Today, we 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 think we have a sprint finish, eight thousand two hundred feet, and just put that. And I always yeah, like to compare lot. it not just to ourselves, but you folks that are out there biking around. I mean, we did four thousand yesterday, and we came back fried. Yeah, I, I was fried. You were fried. Eighty two hundred feet. So they, they've done almost thirty thousand feet in three days, and we're, and they were talking about an easy sprint finish today. <laughs> Eighty two hundred feet. I mean this. This just is going to go to the uh, to the point we were making in the preview that this tour is going to catch up to people. What well, seems in general the this generation of sprinters, you you have to be able to climb to stay in the game. Oh yeah, Cav. I mean, when we saw Cav, was it last year in Mallorca? He was just telling us that he's riding sometimes over four hundred watts just to be in the Gruppetto. <laughs> I mean, so these guys are just climbing so fast, and the guys behind are climbing so fast just to make it in the time time limit. So you saw some tired bodies out there today, already stage three except for Nielsen Palos, who's again in the breakaway mm -hmm. all day, uh, getting some more of the polka dot jersey points. Uh, but it looked relatively steady on the climbs and uh, kept all the sprinters together, which I thought was going to make it a, a bit more dangerous at the end. But fortunately, we didn't have that kind of drama and it was just, uh, you know, a straight up sprint finish. Exactly. But, but one without controversy. Um, we saw, of course, uh, Phillips and, and Van Aert. Uh, it was only with about 300 meters to go. Uh, the road was slightly bending to the right. The interesting thing is with the overhead shot, um, it, the, the roads, you know, they're using obviously roads that everybody uh, uses for, for their cars, et cetera. Uh, so he had the, the white lines painted on there and you saw that he really didn't deviate from his line. What did deviate, and I know this is near and dear to your heart, JB, are the barriers. And, 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 Antiquated, and, and, out of style barriers. And, and it's, it's, it's um, boy, it, it, with 250, 300 to go, we're going to have barriers that just, and it doesn't take much. I mean, I'm sure the guy setting them up, yeah, close enough. It's if it's <laughs> right. It comes down to a, a human if, making a decision. If it's a foot, and it looks, it makes it look so much more uh, uh, nefarious when you're watching it. Yeah, I mean now, the, the, it was really tough to follow the, the white lines along along the side of the barricades. Um, but the, the 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 simple fact was, Alpacine Phoenix nailed the, the lead out perfectly, and that all happens with. 20, 30 K to go. You see the best sprinter teams in the front. You see uh, quick step, you see Lotto up in there. Um, you see some of the Astana guys, but what really counts and we all know is the last two kilometers or the last 1500 meters. And that's when Albus and Vina came to the front. 
But that's no easy task. I mean, they have to stay in that bubble in the first 20 guys, make sure they're staying together, and then wait for that perfect moment when they know which corners where, um, and they timed it to perfection. And how are you going to come around a guy like uh, Matthew uh, Vanderpool when he's doing a You're full not. gas lead, lead out? Right. I mean, the guys in third, fourth, fifth, sixth wheel, they almost have no chance. Um, so it's, a, it's just a, it was it was interesting to watch how perfectly they lined up that lead out. And that's no, that's no luck. They had that planned. They waited to the last minute. They got together. They stayed together when they needed to, and they got to the front when they had to. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but if if they do take the time to look at um, the issue of blocking out Wout Van Aert, does that have to be initiated by a protest from a writer or team, or is that just the commissaire decision to go look at it again? That's a good question. That's a, that's a Johan question, so you can ask him on okay. JB, <laughs> JB Squared later. I, I, I suspect it's it's... It can go either way. Certainly, a, a rider or his team can protest. Yeah, I believe like the the sign was "hand up." I'm protesting, mm-hmm. and they got to take a look. I don't know if that's like a, the official way to do it, but Wout Van Aert complained. The commentators already said something on TV, so I mean, it looked like he ran out of room. But again, Philipson established his line. You know, went for it, and you when you go for it, you want to sprint along the, the barricades to make the guy behind you go the long way around you. Right. There's no doubt. I mean, he was just trying to stay straight. So it didn't look to me like he did anything wrong. And we waited uh, after the race to see if we could get some comments from him. Uh, and, and this is the same guy, if you if you follow the sport and read the articles, was n- not too pleased yesterday uh, with his team's performance and felt like he, he lost a, an easy opportunity to win the stage. Uh, boy, two days in a row. Um, and they, he had, I did see one of his quotes yesterday. He said, oh, you know, I have a policy. He says, I, I, I'm pissed off. And he's th- apparently throwing bikes and all this stuff, which I don't blame him. I says, but when I get in the shower and I get out, it's, you know, I have to forget about it. <laughs> so I don't know. So, so Johan just uh, texted us. He said, there's no, the riders aren't allowed to protest. It's, it's the jury that decides hmm. if there's going to, if they're going to challenge it. By the way, Jasper Philipson's third uh, ever stage winner in the Tour de France. And 25 think, years old, third stage win. It's, it's an insane uh, trajectory he's on. I think Johan picked him in outcomes yesterday. I mean, he was the favorite as well on the odds going in. Well, if FanDuel would 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 wake up and start uh, the, the first stage, they allowed um, stage winner, you know, bets on the stage winner, and now they've shut it down. So I'm, yeah. the last two days we haven't been able to – they've got the prop bets for the stage, but they don't have uh, the stage winner as, a poss- or as, a, as an option. Yeah, we need to uh, get them back on doing the stage winners. Okay, maybe they're listening. <laughs> uh, Nielsen Palace in the breakaway again, racking up the polka dot points. Clearly, that's his goal for this tour is to take that. And that was the, and the question was, does he get out there, get some points, and then sit up? Uh, I think he stayed out there a little longer than, than that. Um, yeah, I think it was his main goal was to get the first two points that he could, but then it just they realized they, were, they weren't chasing hard behind. He wasn't. Didn't look like he was doing a, a huge effort to stay up there. But again, the Tour de France, every little bit counts. He's been in breakaways two days in a row. Yeah. Uh, that's no easy task. JB, what else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are also some protests going on. We are getting a lot of emails. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what insight our listeners think we have about what's going on in France with protests. But, but you can relay how... Uh, that affected you guys during your years because it does happen. It, it, it's a big platform, a big global global platform for people to do. And they were throwing tacks on the road. We have some uh, a clip of 
what that looked like. All of a sudden, you're. And this was yesterday. This gone. is this is uh, Kalmajan's uh, um, tire. Look at that. It's crazy, and it's amazing that just goes to show you what tubeless tires um, with some sort of a you know stands or something else inside. What that even with that in there, he was able to finish. As was Tom Pitcock. I mean, the the tire pressure will go down. The thing I'm not so sure about is, is, and if you follow the news, there's a lot of riots going on all across France. It, this all stemmed from uh, something that you know we've become all too familiar with here in this country. But uh, a 17-year-old was pulled over. Uh, uh, well, and it's probably worth giving the full context. And this is really why um, it, it's become such a, a, a big deal in France. And there's and so many riots. Is, uh, you had a 17-year-old from Algerian descent who was pulled over for a routine traffic stop and was shot and, and killed by the police. Uh, this has led to uh, riots all over the country. Thing about this though is is, is uh, this was we were in Spain yesterday, so I don't think that people in France who are upset about the killing of the kid drove to the Basque country to throw tax on the road. This this just looks like some just some punk ass shit that people do. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. Th I don't think. I mean, it, it, although it's also also worth noting that the Basque country is has certainly not been immune to serious violence and serious protests in the past, but they weren't throwing tax around. They were they were doing much worse things. I, I think this was just uh, j just some childish, stupid stuff. Yeah, I don't think I, I agree with you, Lance. And we we had I forget what year it was. Johan will probably remember, but there was a finish with about twenty k to go. Tax all over the road. Essentially, 70% of the Peloton flatted. We didn't have tubeless tires back then. Um, and it's just, yeah, one of those things where you have some banditos on the side of the road that just want to have fun or think their sense of fun and just kind of mess up a race. But the, fortunately... The old banditos, huh? Yeah, yeah. fortunately, it hasn't been... A, <laughs> oh, even I, though, I, I caught that. Fortunately, it hasn't been, uh, you know, had an in major impact on the race, albeit, a, you know, pain in the ass for all the mechanics, having to change tires. And, um, and it's a shame. Hopefully, we don't have to talk about this anymore past today. I, th I think I think we'll see. Look, France, the Tour de France always has something, um, so, some sort of protest, right? Whether they block the road, climate change, and, uh, flying uh, around uh, France. Uh, here late, uh, um, here lately, the last few years, it's been a lot of the, the climate uh, change protesters. They they also do it at Roland Garros. Um, in the in our day and age, I don't know if you remember this, George. A lot of times, the farmers, would, yeah. you know, they just roll up the tractors. They're like, now. Nah, Y'all ain't coming by some hay bales in the road. So, it, you know, as great as France is, as much I love France, boy, they can complain about some stuff, let me tell you. <laughs> they really can. I mean, it, 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 it's... Well, it's uh, already heating up and, in the last six months with the retirement age. And, and that one's the best. I mean, I, this is, you know, uh, 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 the, well, it was two, twofold, really. The, it was the average work week. So most people think, okay, I work Monday to Friday, nine to five, that's 40 hours. Well, France... Uh, or some people there, not all of them, but some people say, yeah, that's, that's a bit much. So they, they knocked it down to 35. I think they're trying to get it down even more. Then they were, then they're working on the retirement age, which as a 50, almost 52 year old, I'm not complaining about that. I'm if it's 65, I might move over there. I'll be that, by the way, if I, if that happens, think about this, we're, we're in our seventh season of the move. That's that, that I, I would retire on the 20th season. You guys can go from there. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, but uh, there will be, there will be protests. Absolutely. I don't know if, if, uh, and, ho and a lot of this stuff, the stuff that's happening in and outside of Paris is hot. You don't want that anywhere near by grace. I mean, this is like real, these aren't farmers with tractors. These are like real protests, mm. burning shit, 
lighting cars on fire, bombs. I mean, it's we don't want that near the tour. Well, it's always a good excuse to bring up the famous image of Bernard Hinault oh, punching a protester. Uh, what would this have been? I mean, let's like just early eighties, yeah, uh, mid mid eighties, mid uh, I believe that's Phil and- <laughs> Phil Anders for for all you cycling nerds that are watching the show. Uh, Phil Anderson right there in the back. But I mean, this as much as I did not see eye to eye with you know, I mean, how can you not like the guy? You, <laughs> right. you see this picture, and you're like, man, Phil, uh, looks like Phil's reaching in for a little Phil smack or no, something, or. Well, yeah, we can break down the punch, but... Uh, By the way, I saw Phil uh, last month in Australia. He looks essentially just like that. Uh, looks yeah. great and still rides his bike all the sure time. sure he does. I'm so sure. we, we had a big uh, big conversation yesterday about Mark Cavendish hopefully breaking the record. Obviously, it did not happen today, but he looked he looked pretty good. I didn't love seeing him alone there in the that's, final that's five, it. six kilometers, which is a big deal for Cav. But in no way should we be counting now as the first sprint it was, uh, you know, everybody was super fresh today because of the stage wasn't that hard. I um, mean, he's still sixth place. You see him in the, in the, and I actually told myself to, to talk about this today, was you see him in those uh, point sprints, and he's been doing them every day, but he hasn't sprinted. He's just following. Uh, yeah. And he does that just to kind of test his legs, open up his legs, um, which to me is a big indication that he's on really good form, and, you know, hopefully... Hopefully tomorrow's the day. I mean, is he, is he just going to have to get, because you see some of these lead-out trains, he just doesn't have that, right? They're going to have to have a day. And think about this, too. As the tour goes on, you know, guys either, uh, you know, something bad happens, unfortunately, with a crash, so they drop out, or they miss a time cut. The lead-out trains start to, you know, to, to not be as impressive later on in the race. Is, it, is he going to have to wait? Is he going to have to just be lucky and find the right train? Well, I know the one thing that Cav mentioned was that he hasn't been able to race with the same guys all season long. Which is hard. So when that happens, it's really hard to establish, like, your perfect ideal lead-out chain. So what, train. So what are they going to do today? They're going to go back and watch the film. Cav's going to talk about what he wished would have happened, where he wished the guys would have spent more energy. You saw if you're watching the helicopter angles where – some of the guys are trying to be around Cav, but if you know Cav well, you, a lot of times you just got to give him space. Like when I was leading out Cav, I didn't want anything to do with him from kilometer five to kilometer two because he's just, he's so small. He's so nimble on the bike. He goes where he wants to go. When he wants to make space, he uses his hips and moves around. I didn't want any part of that because it's, it's A, it's risky. And if you're on the wheel, you're not, probably not going to be able to go through the holes that he's going through. So once I started learning the way Cav wanted to sprint, I would just do my own thing and find them with two kilometers to go and kind of just have them always in my vision somewhere. I'd find them and I'd, and I'd take them to where he needed to be. And we ended up having one of the best lead out trains ever in the history of the sport because we knew each other so well. And, you know, we got to give these guys right. the time. They got plenty of sprint, sprint stages to get it right. And I think I believe that ultimately they'll get it together and get it right for them. Do you think Cav will get some lead out help from some friends in the Peloton, other teams? I know if you were racing I've today, been thinking about that. If he, if George was racing today on another team, not a stunt, you would you would, late in the tour, you'd be like Cav, I got you. Well, you can definitely do little subtle things, you know, with like uh, let them in, let, let them in, let them in, or you no. you know, coming around a corner, just give them that space to come in on the inside or outside of you, which you wouldn't give to somebody you didn't like. I mean, there's certainly. He certainly has a lot of friends in the Peloton it, that will do that. And it almost, it almost, JB, I mean, just talking to you, it almost feels like the, the lines of communication are open again between George and Kat. Uh, their bromance is back. <laughs> I mean, there was a moment in time or a period in time where we, we were worried. We thought maybe George didn't get the new digits or something. Based feels, on what? Like non-responses yeah, from text messages? Because yeah. if that's the case, then we're, we're back also. Because <laughs> he actually called me last night. It was like 9 o'clock. You know, I'm sitting down trying to go to bed. He called. I go, why is he calling me? He's like, hey, man, you good? You need anything? I just wanted to make sure I'm 
getting back to your text messages. Like, I don't think I've ever received a phone call like that from Lance in my life. And I'm like, I'm good. Are you okay? Like, why are you calling me telling me that? I appreciate you checking on me. And then, you know, when somebody wants to get off the phone and they're like, all right, they do one of those. And I'm like, no, no, hang on. I got just a couple more things, you know? And it, 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 you know, he's like, he's like, what the, what, somebody slip him something. <laughs> Uh, today's show also brought to you by HVMN. We talked about it at the top of the show. Of course, they're presenting this entire tour for us. Uh, their main product, Keto and IQ, has been a game changer, not just for this team, but many, many teams in the Tour de France. It is the world's first drinkable ketone. They, they invented it in 2017. And the latest one, right, improved effectiveness. Sorry, hello, slow down. Improved effectiveness, taste, and cost. All three good things. Uh, they deliver clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier, supplying your brain and body sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness, putting you in flow, lasting for hours. You can save 30% off your first subscription. Order over at key, uh, order your ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash the move. Again, that's hvmn.com slash the move and subscribe over there. Next one of the day is AG1. This one's also been a game changer for us. Uh, start your day with this. Rocks them a little more in the afternoon. It is a daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. And this really is, is, is I've lived because I, I live with this stuff on a daily basis. It's all about just taking control of your health. I, I've also been uh, really transparent about not liking to eat. And not, not that I don't like to eat vegetables. I do. I just don't, if that makes any sense. I'm just not good about it. I don't know why. But I got a hack. I got AG1. It's a, 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 it's a true game changer. 75 high-quality ingredients. They give me daily nutri nutri nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. Um, I also like, as I know you do too, George, it costs less than three bucks a day. Think about that. You take control of your health for less than three bucks a day. It's a comprehensive solution on what you need from your supplement routine. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash the move. By the way, it's drinkag1.com slash the move. Also, I'm seeing these commercials everywhere. I was watching the golf tournament yesterday. My boy Ricky Fowler hasn't won in many, many years. I've been cheering so hard for him. He's, he's, he's having a hell of a season, switch swing coaches. He's back. I'm seeing AG1 ads during the golf. You know you've made it when, you're, when your shit's on, on golf. <laughs> For real. Cool. There's, a, right. big, there's a big AG1 <laughs> billboard right near my house in, in, in Austin. Austin. And there are down, not very many billboards in Austin. Driving down Congress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Very cool. Uh, last one of the day brought to you by Ventum. This is, this is our go-to whip, uh, not just the NS1 on the road, but the GS1 on the gravel. Check this out. They've got the new GS1 in the minted colorway. Built exclusively with SRAM, Apex, AXS, all, this number is shocking. All for just $2,999. Yeah. Here's the other thing, too. Like, like so many of these uh, 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 companies, you know, you can buy a $2,999 bike, but your frame is not the same as the $10,000 frame. Not so with Ventum. Uh, this is a killer deal. It is the exact same frame. It's the same frame you ride, George, same frame I ride. Um, they never down spec because of, you know, because of the price point. So you're getting electric shifting. You're getting the same frame set as us all for less than three bucks. Uh, dedicated customer support helps you out at every step of the purchasing process. Also producing great content. They'll make you inspired to ride your bike, which I need today because I'm a little tired. 
Uh, check out their socials as well. That's at Ventum Racing on Instagram and YouTube. Special offer for our listeners. You get 10% off when you use the code WEDU, W-E-D-U, at checkout. VentumRacing.com slash the move. The code WEDU gets you 10% off. And I think, uh, you know, I think you might be a little tired because you said less than three bucks. If this is the case, I would be buying a, a shit ton of Ventums. It was probably less than 3000 but that's... <laughs> wait, wait, did I say three bucks on AG1 or three bucks on Ventum? Both. both. But yeah, Everybody's like, mean. wait. And so check this out. That Now they're thinking, now I get 10% off. We just crashed the Ventum uh, website. I, I get 10% off a $3 bike. <laughs> so now, now it's only going to cost me $2.70. Sorry, Dia. Hey, you actually start, have a, a... Start making bikes. You have a chance to get a free NS1, which we'll tell you about it in just That's a minute. But first, we should and probably... I, and I will try not to answer the question live on air today. <laughs> okay. Like dumbass. Uh, but we should probably take a look at tomorrow and get your thoughts on it, Lance and George. Uh, tomorrow's stage four. Yeah, we get the prologue. I mean, hundred and, profile. Uh, who's, now, who's, yeah. tired, who's tired you now? Me, you got me there. You got me. <laughs> This is, you know, this is one of these ones they will look at and say, oh, yeah, th- and I, I, this will be a field sprint, but this is not an easy day. And, and, and as I am nerding out tomorrow morning, looking at somebody's Strava file, this will have some, it's, this stage is never flat. These days, just, they just get hard and it takes a little bit out of the legs for the sprinters, but we will see another uh, field sprint here. Um, and, and of course, just right around the corner after this is, are some pretty hilly days, some mountain days, in fact. Um, so, um, I just wanted to go back to the thing about the tax real quick. I had a thought on this because imagine something like that happens. Cause we, you know, now, as we said, tubeless tires and, and the stuff inside the tires that will, um, prevent it from going flat. What happens, right? Imagine, a, 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 a if both Pogachar and Vingegaard run over some tax, I mean, that they could, they could lose three or four minutes, right? Yeah. What, what, what do you think they do? What do you think the jury does? So it's too bad, so sad, or I, I, I'm, and before you answer, I'll just say, I'm in, I don't think that's right. I think you have to make an exception. I would make an exception if I was the, the, the chairman of the, yeah, uh, the I jury. Th- I think I don't, I wouldn't that's see just, them you making can't let it. that. You can't let that bullshit decide the race. You can't, but I, I think that'd be a tough for them to make an exception for one or two riders, even if they were the biggest. Now, if there was 20, 30, 40 riders and. You know, they actually had a, a bunch of people getting flats because of uh, something like that were taxed for people thrown the road, then they would definitely. Okay, so, but would the, that just it. shows you the real world consequences of some, uh, some, what do you call them, banditos, banditos. out there throwing <laughs> these things around. That's, this yeah. is not, uh, uh, hey, th- these guys will think this is funny or somebody. I mean, those are, now we're talking about millions and millions of dollars in consequences. Not cool. No, definitely not. Or they, what comes to mind to me is the scary thought of hitting tax on your front tire. And going, going 60 yeah, miles an yeah, hour down right. So for all you banditos out there listening, <laughs> stop it. All right? Don't do it again. Do we have the, the finish um, turn, turns for tomorrow on, the, on our screens or not? That's a new one. You're just sort of, that you're, you're, I think Col- we just Col- had Well, uh, we, we're almost as short as it's going to be a sprint, so it would be fun to talk about you know, what happened today as a as opposed to what can happen tomorrow and how the teams are, they're, they're all going back to the video footage. They're trying to figure out what they did wrong. Um, they don't want to have, they definitely do not want to have Matteo Vanderpool pulling with one kilometer to go with Jasper Phillips in on his wheel because this guy is almost impossible to go around. So they're going to have to try to mix up their tactics, try to, you know, get, squeeze them in on the final corners and, and be together as a team, get ahead of uh, Alpacin Phoenix. And, Agreed. 
and get their guys ahead of Matteo Vanderpool. Agreed. And that's also why we do the meeting before to just sort of air, you know, float some ideas. Like maybe have it ready. Yeah, we're stage three. We're still we're still getting just into out it. All finding our rhythm. It can, it can make a huge difference. I mean, who knows what what the, whoever's building the barriers tomorrow, along with the banditos. If anybody's listening, just straighten them out. There's no reason they need to be. I mean, this is these are high stakes. Do a little flyover yeah, and look for something that's sticking out. Yeah. Well, let's let's not forget they changed the course today because of new road furniture that was. Uh, in place about 10 kilometers before the finish line. So if they did all that, change the actual course of the Tour de France and make it safe for the riders, there's no reason why those barricades came out. And even Philipson almost clipped the barricade right in the last 50 meters. He had to let up a pedal stroke. So you don't want to see that. Uh, fortunately, like we said, nothing happened, but it was just a weird way to um, make those barricades. Okay, so this is... <laughs> Uh, I kind of can't believe you asked that question, George, and I kind of can't believe I'm looking at what I'm looking at. Um, and if we could pull up the graphic, if we can't, oh, now I, it's okay. I no, ask and I get yelled at you, you ask. No, me. but you ask and I jump. I mean, you say <laughs> jump, I say how high, right? So this is, this is the, <laughs> I don't know if they enter into, get on some sort of racetrack. Look at, look at the final kilometers. Oof. Yeah. Oh my God. That does look like a racetrack. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that's it, it, it's it's. We've got Colin back there sweating. I know. Here is that is that even a thing? No, that <laughs> no, is not that a thing. Not that a doesn't look good. Um, it, it, that almost looks like a um, um, April Fool's joke. I mean, there are a lot of this is a very very technical finish. I mean, it's it's a it's a fair point. But for y'all sitting at home, if y'all want to nerd out, just go to one of these websites and look at it. It must it must finish on some sort of a car racing circuit. Mm. Wow. All right. I said there's going to be a chance to win a Ventum NS1. Here's that chance. Okay. First, we're going to answer the trivia question what from the, yesterday. Are we going to do the bear after? And we're going to do the bear. The bear's coming. We, in have, a very sp- we have two fun things after. One is a little fun video that uh, wasn't so fun at the time. And then we got <laughs> Sully. We're going to have some fun with You're Sully. You're going to like Sully. Stick around. And a cool story how uh, Montcush started. But yesterday's Ventum trivia question was who was the promoter of the very first Tour de France you were correct. You you uh, answered it yesterday. It was organized by the French newspaper Le Auto mm-hmm. as a way to boost their. So circulation. if I know this one, I shouldn't say. Don't say. Don't say it. Uh, and if you know the answer to this, or or even if you want to just look up the answer and send it in, why not? You can uh, email it. I'll give you the email at the end and be registered to win a brand new Ventum NS1. So question four, stage three is which cyclist has won both the Tour de France and the Giro d'Italia in the same year the most times. Won it in the same year the most times. Hmm. You don't know that one off the top of your head, do you? I, I mean, I could guess, but, but I, I'm not saying anything. Do your research and send your answer into trivia at VentumRacing.com. Okay. There you go. Now. You know, let's don't show the video yet, though. I, I should just lead it. It may be lead. So okay. George and I go out on this ride. With, actually, we had a big group. We had six or seven of us. And we, I, I, I went hard. I was really tired. I came home. My back was hurting. I was rocking the Montcush afterwards. But I was laying on, I, when it hurts like that, I just kind of lay on the floor in my garage and put my feet up. And our little dog, we got this little dog, uh, uh, Toby, the Cavapuchon. He like, uh, and Woody and uh, the head of HR were there. And we were just sort of sitting around. And the dog came out and was our dog. It was like super cozy. I was like, he never does that. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. I'm like, Courtney, take a picture of this. I'm going to send this to Anna. And we sat out there for 20 minutes. 
And uh, uh, finally, everybody leaves, and Toby and I, the dog, uh, walk inside, and uh, there's a bear laying in our kitchen. So we, I'm not kidding. And we see bears all the time. They come try to get in the trash. They'll you know, come in the yard. And, and there are stories of people that have them come into their houses if you have the wrong type of door handle. So we have round door handles so they can't. But if you have a lever, mm. they can open a door and get in. And this fucking bear is sitting right on the kitchen floor, right by the doors that go out. And I... I I was like, it, it scared the daylights out of me. I grabbed the dog. I run back outside, shut the door. I'm thinking this thing's going to chase my ass and just that'd be it. Um, and, and so I start yelling at Courtney and Woody. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, hey, get back. Over. You know, was, anyways, the bear's just like, what's your problem? Like, he doesn't care. And then, uh, so then fast forward to this video clip. And again, sorry, um, you get, you kind of have to be watching this on YouTube to see it. But so we're looking through trying to, and I have, you know, I'm trying to get this thing. He's not moving. <laughs> hey, hey, look at this hey. guy. Okay. Hey, hey, he's hey. eating like some, whoa. I'm looking, see, I look left. I'm like, there's got to be another bear. Look at this thing. It's around the corner. Courtney does not want to go outside. Just right there. Hey, Bear. So, Colin, just, uh, just a couple of things that just came to my head from this whole story. One, you spent all this money on these round handles, but the doors are always open. So what's going on here? You basically invited the bear in, and he had our leftover pyre from the other night. Two, what were you thinking when you grabbed the ice scraper from the garage where you got so much shit in your garage? You grabbed the, you wanted to like brush his hair or something with the, the ice scraper. I mean, what was just, going on in your head? Dude, though? I was in full panic. I didn't know, I, and I was worried about the dog. Anna's taking Max to summer camp and I'm she you know this she loves this dog more than anything way more than anybody in her family and I'm fuck if this bear eats his dog like I would <laughs> on your watch I, while she's gone I, I mean totally it's over yeah. everything's over everything <laughs> and so I'm I don't know I just I was in full I panicked and so I was I, I was dude I was tapping the window I was like maybe he'll hear this and be like all right I should leave no he didn't even bother but uh, yeah, it's a it's a fair question. I don't know. It's the first thing I thought of. I'm happy I went back. I went just went straight to get a sandwich with a sheesh, so we missed that one. Well, but I, mean, I would have panicked. My also. observation: you're, you're still in a kit. I mean, just your bibs, but your helmet might have been nearby. I would throw that on as an extra layer. <laughs> right. I mean, uh, and we sat out in the garage. I mean, the bear while we were out there, he was just he was in the kitchen, just hanging out in trash. He had, he had been inside the kitchen. And he pulled all the trash out. He reached up and grabbed a little bread thing, pulled that down. Wow. There was a loaf of bread over in the living room. And, and Sully reminded me when he walked in. The second thing I did after looking for whether or not his fucking friend was running around inside the house, I'm like, there's got to be just a huge bear turd somewhere <laughs> after his lunch. Thank God that didn't happen. But it was, it was I've never, that, that's, uh, the, we're going to shut the door. And how many on. years of living here? That's 15, the first one? 15 years. First one in the house. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. Because you, you guys do leave the doors open all the yeah. time. Yeah, and another thing, they're not—they're not stupid animals. They—he that little bear knows where he had lunch yesterday. Yeah. For sure, he's coming back today. Oh yeah. So the doors are shut. Yeah, he's like that guy in spandex and an ice scraper. Yeah. I, got, I got this. <laughs> but I'm I'm going yeah. to the Armstrong. Yeah, house. That's, you guys that, go. That, that stupid Texan. <laughs> yeah, he'll leave the door open again. Yeah.
Anyways. All right, let's bring Sully up to talk about Mount Cush and, and the inspiration behind it. We've got some other fun stuff to show him that he doesn't know about. But um, I'm, I'm, I want to hear the whole story. All right, Sully, thanks for being here. Let, let's talk about Mount Cush because uh, I think the fir- a couple things. But the first is, is, and as we've alluded to in the story on the show, the inspiration behind the story and the brand and how you came to be uh, doing this. Obviously, you do a lot of other things. Um, and, and then just... Um, you know, I've, it's been fascinating to watch this whole sort of cannabis CBD uh, uh, trend come along in recent years. And also, uh, the thing I love most about it is the stigma of it and in and around it gone away, right? But yeah. let's let's start. Give us the backstory. Um, well, I th- most it's great to be here. Firstly, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I've been listening to you guys since it was stages. So, <laughs> and let me just say, this is you guys have leveled up. This is elaborate. I, the next thing we're going to be broadcasting from Burbank. Um, <laughs> but people know me from OxyClean, and that was my background. I was mm-hmm. seen on TV infomercials. I, you know, I was involved for 20, 25 years in that business. Um, and I have a little girl named Devon. She's twelve now, and she was born with a rare genetic disorder. And she was on a drug called, uh, uh, just say, she was on a drug called Keppra for her anti-seizure medication. And we started to go down the cannabis road. And I started to see incredible results with her and CBD. And I just, I'm one of those people that doesn't do anything halfway. You can probably relate. And I went up to Vermont and I visited a friend's hemp farm. And I had, I had an incredible moment. And I thought, this is something that, that I want to do. There's, there's my little one right there, Devin on the bike. Um, she's, she's a great kid. Anyway, so I bought a piece of land. I mean, we could talk for hours about this, but I bought a piece of land, 116 acres up in Vermont, and I decided to become a hemp farmer um, with the help of a couple of friends. We, we, in our first year, we put 65,000 plants in the ground. Hmm. Um, we went pretty big, and we called the company Montcush. Mont was a shout out to Vermont, and Kush actually shout out obviously to the genetics, and also Kush in Hindi means happy, so happy mountain. And um, we we set out on the journey to make 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 a product that could help my daughter. Um, and in doing that, we um, we discovered a process using a press where we actually squeeze the flour into hemp rosin, which nobody does. It's a, it's the same technology, if you will, that you would use to make fresh orange juice. And we've been putting that into a whole lineup of products from tinctures to soft gels to gummies and now our pain roll on. And um, I actually <clears throat> I actually wanted to be, when we started out, I think you were still broadcasting under the Stages brand name and you guys were still out of the Airstream. And we had an Airstream as a headquarters up in Vermont. And I wanted to have Mont Cush involved with, because I just, I always admire what you guys did and, and the suffering. And I Airstream just, buddies. Yeah. Life, and it was, um, I always love the forward, <laughs> never straight. And my battle with, with helping Devon has been a, it's been a forward, never straight. And it continues right. to be a battle. And, and um, it's become, a, Mont Cush is a labor of love. And um, we have a great lineup of products right now. And this year... Um, it finally came together, and um, we we sat down with your team and wanted to be Great. involved in in the move. So it's been um, it's been a real pivot for me. I started in 2019, right before COVID, uh, and going from OxyClean to hemp CBD, and that whole world, the whole cannabis world, the whole CBD world is. I mean, it's uh, it's a tricky mm-hmm. world to navigate, but we're doing it, and we've got great USDA organic products, and people, our customers love our love our products. So, can, can people go visit there? I mean, just looking at this, the, the pic, I mean, I'm I'm hearing you loud and clear, but I'm also looking at this photo going. 
Boy, how about a couple of uh, cabins out there? Just go well, spend, spend a week and ride around. I mean, Vermont's gorgeous. Well, we actually had during COVID, uh, we had an Airstream up there, and uh, Airstream actually gave us their whole entire media fleet. And George came up. Yeah, I'm and, trying to find um, that picture you sent me. Yeah, earlier. we had uh, George and Bobby came up. Um, they flew up. They hit the ground pretty hot. Both of them. By the time they got to the farm, they were already lit, and um, the evening proceeded from there. But there he is. Oh, there, there yeah. we got it. Okay. That's, uh, this photo almost looks like um, maybe George got into the, the other alternative besides CBD. Uh, <laughs> well, I could tell you a story. Uh, I, oh, I've I, heard the story. Yeah, yeah, I, had it's, to, it's, I had to peel George. Let's just stay focused on the product. Off, yeah, I had to peel George. <laughs> let's let's stay focused on pain relief. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we, we have another fun clip that we dug up, um, th- which I, th- by the way, I did not know. Uh, I know you're crazy, but I didn't know <laughs> that you were this crazy. Oh. <laughs> what Now, what, and, and for those listening, this is, I don't know where the hell this is. That wave looks like it's maybe 50, 60 feet high. <laughs> and here is the, Sully. The kind you get towed into. Yeah, right? and, and, and we're not, it's not one of these sad stories. Ooh. He's, he is ripping this wave, right? This is insane. And here I'm thinking, okay, this is the end of your ride. Here, watch this wave come down. <laughs> Gotta be the end of it. And then I'm for sure, I'm for sure thinking you're toast. <laughs> Homeboy rides it out. I think I disappear right here, gone. I mean, where what is that in Portugal or one of these? No, so I went to, um, we like to endorse, we've decided to endorse a couple athletes that like to surfer. So obviously we love to be involved with We Do and, and George is our brand ambassador, but I'm good friends with a guy called Andrew Cotton and Garrett McNamara from 100 yeah. Foot Wave. And Cotty is actually from my village and I grew up surfing. So we had a great relationship with George and I decided I wanted to get back into big wave surfing. So my friend, Andrew Cotton, which is literally from my village in the UK, I said, if I come to Nazare for the winter, will you tow me into a couple of big waves? Huh. And he, um, that was actually an island. We were in Portugal and there was a swelling island and we jumped on a plane, flew to Ireland. It's in the middle of nowhere, out in the Atlantic. It breaks like once every 10 years. And um, yeah, so that the water's was freezing. Water's true. freezing. The wave after that, I got clipped. Right. Like, well, I, we I don't, we don't want to see that. <laughs> that, that was, video uh, footage, wow. but, so but how, been, how, how, big, how big was that wave? I mean, I know there's always, you know, people look at them and measure them differently. But like, you know, what was that? I mean, huge. If I put a number on that, I'm going to get the, the, a lot of shit. I mean, it's, bigger than 30 feet. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. How That's, cold was it? You had a bunch it's, of it's stuff cold. Yeah, yeah, super cold. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that's probably 40, maybe a little bit bigger. We had some bigger ones in Nazare, but yeah. Ireland was my favorite place to surf last year. Um, we we sponsor Cotty, and it's great to, to have him as part of the crew. And he's been great because it's going surfing with him is kind of like going riding with you and George. Hmm. Like, it, it's a suffer fest for me. Like, I'm a, I've, I went riding with you once in, in mountain biking, and uh, we had a bunch of red wine the night before. It was the worst decision of my whole entire life. In, so is he like me, where I'll talk to you and, you know, big be engine. hospitable? Or is he like Lance, where he doesn't even look at you and just rides away? No, yeah, no, he's, is, it? is there a mix? Or he's a cooler. Kind of he's a cooler guy. Well, the nice guy. thing with Cardi is he does have my back. He's, uh, he's kind of my guardian angel in the water. But it's been, I spent the yeah. winter in Nazarene Island in Hawaii um, doing that. So, yeah, we're kind of embedded in, in cycling and all of a sudden big wave surfing so, so yeah I met Sully what 10 years ago and we met in we the met, Bahamas we met in the Bahamas Coast. he was doing a CEO CEO challenge triathlon ever since I've known him he's gone like full gas into triathlon cycling swimming anything that you endorse you believe in I, I love seeing what you're doing with Moncush and the branding that you're coming out with um, the passion you have behind the product why you're doing it the story um, I've gotten really close with your family with Devin as well. 
Um, so like you mentioned, I'm a huge believer in the product and I'm, I'm proud to be an ambassador of the product. Well, I appreciate that, George. And when we started at Mark Hush, it was to make a product to help Devin. That was my mm -hmm. true north. And what happened is with the rosin, um, we started to get a lot of customer feedback that people were getting huge benefits with pain. And actually on your Chattanooga Fondo, one of your colleagues, Jennifer, shout out to Jennifer, um, she said, you need to meet with this lab in Chattanooga. They have a pain roll-on they can do. And that is how the pain roll-on actually came about um, from Chattanooga. So if we ever, this company goes public, it, it, we are going to, I'm going to wet your beak. Okay. Can you give you know what you should do? You know what you should do in that, 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 that place there with all the, it looks so beautiful is, is uh, build like a rosin pool. Just a pool full of this shit. Okay. Because there are days, I, I swear to God, I'd jump in. I mean, I, I, my back goes out, you know, once a quarter, even more recently, even more. I would, I'd just head first jump in. Well, we were just up there and we just, it took, it takes us a whole day to squeeze three kilos of rosin. We have to take this flour. Okay, so it might, it might take a minute. You can come in and we'll mix it up with coconut oil. We'll get you all like, uh, we'll get you all lubed up in coconut oil and rosin yeah. and it'll just smell yeah. amazing. Hey, lube my chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's literally, it's great to be on the move. I've watched no, you guys, you. Um, you know, obviously big fan back in the days. I chased you guys around France at the Creon Hotel. Um, back in the day, I remember when the Texas flag was flying That's over right. the hotel, mm -hmm. and yeah. um, and it, it, I love stages and JB. Thanks for putting the glue together. Funny story. Uh, I'll try to be quick here, but we were in Greenville, I believe, doing Perry Roubaix from Greenville. George had a camp going on, and Sully was participating. Of course, you see him and you go, "I know that guy. I know that guy." Right? And and as soon as he says OxyClean, it, it clicks. But Anyhow, the, the story is, uh, I hadn't met him yet, and after we did the Perry Robay show, I'm in the back bar, George's back bar with the tiny TV. Yep, yep. Yeah, you still, yeah, you still have that little, <laughs> still have that TV. That little transistor <laughs> TV back there. And I'm back there, and I'm editing the show to get it published so we can get on a plane and go and all this stuff, and, and Sully walks in and he goes, wait. You, you do the editing too? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. And he goes, wait. He goes, I sat there and watched you guys set up. You and that other guy, which is Bulch. You, the two of you set up everything. And then I watched you sit down and be on the show mm -hmm. with all this truss and lights and three cameras. He goes, I have the same setup at, at home for my infomercials. Three cameras, lights. But I got like eight people. Right. Goes, I'm going to go home and fire half of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to I, – I, I, my daughter loves you, George. She, she thinks you're incredible, and I love the relationship you have with her and Monkush and family, and thanks for that. And before we go, I have to, the bear is coming back. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, I know. The bear is coming back, and the bear's gonna take a shit in your kitchen. All right, okay? So I get, get a, I'm gonna be there with my blue shirt on. I'm gonna oxy clean your kitchen up. Okay? It's gonna be so clean, all right, okay? Let me tell you something. All right, the bear, so the bear, the uh, doors we'll get you some are... for your back. We'll get some oxy clean <laughs> yeah. for where it shits all over the floor. And keep the doors closed. You got random people coming in a couple years ago, uh, right? Yep. So you got, uh, I walk in there anytime, <laughs> and then now you got a bear's in there. Yeah, that's right. When I was, I, I kind of calm down because the bear walked off yesterday and I walked outside and our neighbors who have been our neighbors the whole time we lived here, uh, Tom and, and Vivian, they're the sweetest people. And I, and I, and they were walking out, I think they were walking down to ideas fest. And I said, I said, there was a bear in the kitchen and they didn't even stop walking. They go, that's cause you always leave your doors open. <laughs> and I was like, 
Yep. Yeah. Thanks for the moral support. Thanks. Yes. Well, when it when it shits in the kitchen, I will come clean it up. All right. All right. Uh, I'll be there. That is so nice of you. Okay. I just I'm a folk. Just text me and I'll be there with the cleanup crew. Okay. Oxy Clean's coming to the rescue. All right. Thanks, Sully. Thanks for thanks, thanks for everything. Yeah. That's thank great. you. Thank yeah, you. Keep it up. Okay. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm wet. I'm wet. Yeah, you're wet. All right. All right. Thanks for having me. We'll see you all tomorrow. Stage four.